Everybody, welcome to Bros, Bibles, and Beards, episode 216. I'm Jeff. Hey, Zach, how's it going? A Rorschach tests are everywhere. Okay, Andy. You better damn well know. <laughs> so, uh, Scott. <laughs> other Jeff. And, yeah, other Jeff. Maybe the What's better up? Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Jeff. Lesser Jeff. Regular Jeff. Regular ass old Jeff. Previous Jeff. Huh. <laughs> wow. This week on Previous Jeff. <laughs> Jeff's been dismissed. We might be having a Jeff off tonight that we didn't tell you about. <laughs> Original Jeff. If you like one Jeff, you're going to love two. It's time to Jeff off. That's <laughs> <laughs> too bad your names aren't Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. No, that's taking it too far. Yeah, wait, that wait what is. does that mean? What do you mean? It's just funnier, like Jack in the Box. Oh, like the fast food company. Okay, I get it. Yeah. It's fun. It's really fun. Uh, Listener, if you can't tell already, we have a guest in the house, in the flesh and blood. (laughs) And his name also happens to be Jeff. Hello. There he is. Glad to be here. Welcome. Should we use your last name or do you want to hide that? I don't. It's fine. Jeff Whitney? Yes. Or uh, regular Jeff, uh, as I'm known in basketball. Regular okay. Jeff, Jeff 2.0. That's good. Jeff Reg, Reg Jeff. Regular Jeff. Is there a, so what's the non-regular Jeff in your basketball the better situation? Jeff. Better Jeff. Yeah, mm. obviously. Better as a human, not as a, basketball, as a human, player. basketball player. Yeah, he's yeah. probably a, a worse human, I'm guessing. You're a pretty good guy. <laughs> Jump shot Jeff. That'd be a good name. Oh, nice. Alliteration. I like it. So you were, all, you were with us all the way. Oh, shoot. I think it's 144. One, yeah. Whoa! 144, the end of 2020, September 2020. Um, and you live next door to me, but due to health concerns and the pandemic and all that stuff just kind of taking place, we Zoomed from right next door pretty much. Yeah. Yep. So it's good to be here in person. In the flesh. I know. It's so much better, isn't it? Yes. Oh, yeah. Now oh. you can now you can actually smell us. I can. <laughs> wait till, the, wait till yeah. the end of this. It really adds something. Yeah. At the end of the two-hour podcast, you'll step outside and be like, oh. It's quite well-aged. Just been <laughs> breathing dude for the last two hours. <laughs> Bro breathing. Well, you came bringing gifts. You you brought me a, a book. What is this? Uh, it's an educational book. Yeah, What's this yeah. Book I, you I, brought me? I heard you uh, uh, talking on a couple <laughs> episodes back about uh, female anatomy into the nineties, and uh, I had a book that I had discovered uh, maybe I don't know around ten years ago. By the way, to clarify, not the nineteen nineties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actual age, and uh, it changed my life, and so I. Uh, I uh, I was like, after hearing your comments on that, I was like, you are the right man for this book. And you just had it. And I went and found it. It was in my uh, bookshelf. And I was like, man, I know I have this somewhere. And I've tracked it down and brought it to you tonight. And that was an awkward moment because about 10 minutes ago, we were downstairs. And I'm like, oh, what book you got there? And he just kind of <laughs> shows me, oh, God, wow. So yeah. we're shielding the listener so far. What What can you give the name of the book? And then it looks like it's got a little tagline on there, too. Oh, the book is called She Comes First. And, and Zach, <laughs> go ahead and Specifically read. for Zach. Uh, well, wait, 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 wait a second. Read, read a little snippet there, oh, Zach, well, if you can. The Thinking Man's, obviously. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> Guide to Pleasuring a Woman. 
<laughs> this I've heard about, I heard about this book I think when it came out and just sort of forgot about it and this looks amazing. If you guys don't mind, I will indulge in reading a couple of blurbs from oh, the yeah. cover. Blurb us. Uh, Cosmopolitan said, "Every man's must read. Tell your guy to put down the remote and pick up She Comes First." Says the leader of makeup. And then askmen.com she Comes First is quite simply the best guide to oral sex out there. And then uh, Mr. Mr. Dr. Drew Pinsky, Jr. the third. Uh, men can no longer hide behind the old excuse of ignorance when it comes to pleasuring a woman. The facts are all here in this complete guide. That's the one. And <laughs> I can tell you that there are things that I thought I knew that I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, there are different levels and different gears to be had. And it's fun. Good fun. That is awesome. And you, you could tell, I, I don't know if it was last episode or the episode before where I mentioned the human female clitoris does not age functionally. <laughs> Wait a second. Stop the press. Before you said anything, before you read, you know, what Cosmo said, I'm like, you know, we should just flip open a page and just read what's there. Yeah. And so like, I just like did. I used to do Bible devotionals <laughs> yeah. back in the day. And I just did that. Before you move in for the first kiss. Take a moment to acknowledge the presence of the vulva. <laughs> you got to be present, man. That's it, right there. You got to be present. That's wisdom. You got to respect the vulva. <laughs> <laughs> um, Scott, do you, you know what's going on? I am going to read this. I have no idea what you guys are I've talking been saying about. that for years, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> respect my authority. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that blew my mind when I find that out that the thing uh -huh. I just said about the thing. I don't want to repeat it because Scott gets uncomfortable, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. Ladies, parts are, ladies parts are forever. Yeah. Well, and it was designed for that, like designed or evolved, whatever your, your pleasure pun intended with how, how that works. Um, as far as science knows, the only function of the clitoris or clitoris or if clitori. You, if, if you keep talking, this will become a recurring I know. segment <laughs> that we're going to have. It's designed to do. for pleasure it's the and science, pleasure alone. I think we got it. It's, we nailed it. Well, Good job, guys. We'll do that Bible study. <laughs> Did we nail it? Bit. I don't know. Come back and if, report back next if week. If regular Jeff thinks we need to read this book, maybe we haven't been nailing it. <laughs> he just gave it to you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he said very specifically, I think. You need this, Zach. All right, it's well, been a little too quiet next door. Well, <laughs> <laughs> let's segue to what you're drinking. Uh, also, gifts related oh, yeah. to what you're drinking. Mm -hmm. Regular Jeff, and I'm just going to go with that. Don't be offended. Uh, brought us a Templeton rye because you're currently not consuming. I am not. No, yeah. I've been, uh, I've enjoyed the Templeton rye for quite a long time with along with bourbon and tequila are my two faves. And uh, my older son has actually been sober for a little over a year and a half. And uh, every time I see him, I, I'm thinking, oh man, I could do better in this area. And uh, Okay. And he's going into eighth grade? <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and yeah so he kind of inspired me to uh make a little change in my life and uh get a little healthier and and try something different for a little while so yeah i've been three months in and uh Dude, trying it out what have you noticed so far uh mood wise i've been a lot better a lot less like uh 
dark thoughts and maybe anxiety even. Mm. Um, sleep has been strange. I was talking to you guys that uh, my I used to sleep probably seven and a half hours, sometimes eight at night, and I can't sleep much longer than like about six hours a night now. Um, but it's good sleep. I wake up, I feel good. Um, so now I got more time in the morning to figure out what to, uh, not, not waste drink. it on. <laughs> <laughs> more time to uh, contemplate not yeah, drinking. Read, I know, read some more books. Yeah, I know we're just starting and, you know, um, but I got to ask, you mentioned dark thoughts. What, what is that? Uh, like depression. Um, okay. yeah. And, and, uh, just dealing with challenges of life and, disappointments and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Same thing. You're all going through constantly. And, uh, well, don't put that on us. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody is. I don't know if we'd talk about it. I like listening to the, listen to this because right. you guys do talk about it. And, uh, I don't talk about it with a lot of my friends. We just kind of blow over it most of the time, but, uh, yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. Nothing that's what you just kind of say. That's what you just say. And it usually is basically just fine. You find a way to keep going. It's not right. like, you know, you get through it, but. And sometimes when you're talking and somebody sees you, it's not the time or place to, when they ask you, how are you doing? They don't, yeah, nobody actually not, means, they don't really I, care. I didn't really want to hear all that. Right. Um, but it is important to have um, a space like this, whether you record it or not, where if it's not fine, you you can say it and people will be there for you. And I find that more more people that I've mentioned that to tend to like nod their head and be like, yes, right. me too. I, I have those feelings as well. I struggle with some form of anxiety, right. depression, um, whether it be stress induced or just the fact that now we as humans look at screens all day long and mm-hmm. that can't be helping the situation. Mm-mm. Well, back to uh, where we're drinking. I have some of that Templeton rye, and it is tasty. Yep. Uh, yep, I got some of that, too. Yep. It's good. Thank you. Named yep. after the rat in Charlotte's Web. It's made with real rat, actually. Most people don't know that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. Can you say thanks, Templeton, in Jordan's voice, please? Thanks, Templeton. <laughs> thanks for dying for it's us. Made with real rat. <laughs> Turns out it's not that hard to drink. It's smooth. Uh, hey, you have a beer as well, uh, Zach. What are you bearing? Casa Agria Specialty Ales. Never heard of it. It's got this really hypnotic uh, oh, can yeah. design of an eyeball. I feel like I'm joining the Illuminati right now. Mm. Maybe I just became a globalist. I'm- <laughs> uh, the eyes are mosaic. W-E-F Eyes are mosaic West Coast India Pale Ale. I shall sip it. Scott got my. That was joke. a good one. <laughs> w E F Bruco. That's the uh, company. I get it. <laughs> you, you said that when I was talking. It turns out I can't listen and talk at the same I time. Know, so I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, for for Jeff's um, nephew, it's the World Economic Forum. <laughs> for Jeff's nephew. Yeah, that's the person that listens that can't. Doesn't know any of these references, so you have to kind of spell it out. Oh, okay. All right. Wait, which Jeff? Regular Jeff. Better Jeff. Better Jeff. Yeah. It's a nephew I'm making up that doesn't right. actually exist. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. That's right. Uh, regular <laughs> Jeff, what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking the Le Croix. Le Croix. That uh, someone in another room whispered, lime. 
and uh, that's how they flavored it. That's how. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Just like an essence. Yeah. Yes, that's how they get it in there, I'm told. I think I heard something. They just have to whisper very softly. Yeah. A Frenchman somewhere. Like, They're actually all the same flavor. It's just that, like, it's suggestion because it says lime on it. You're like, I think it tastes like lime, right? Yeah. <laughs> they should have named it placebo soda because that's what's going on. Scotty, what do you got? I got some of that Templeton rye. And I'm drinking the uh, Kirkland's Finest uh, lime, which tastes, uh, or maybe whatever it is, it's the thought of lime. (laughs) (laughs) It could be LaCroix for all we know. I've never done a side-by-side taste test, but Kirkland gets their stuff from other people. So Yeah, it feels like the saddest of all taste tests. (laughs) What's the difference? Who cares? (laughs) Yeah. Jeff, when we had you on last, uh, for the listener, if you... Weren't there for the original discussion. It I it was fascinating because you got to share you, you got to share details that I've been curious about for more than twenty years about what it's like to be a part of the Mormon church. Right. And the Mormon community um that extends out from the church as well. And I loved that discussion. I felt like it was just and, and not in a not in a bad way, but I've just been so curious and wanted like someone to peel back the curtain and and, and understand what it, what life is like. Yeah, it was an eye opening conversation. Yeah, I yeah, it's hard to understand from the outside, honestly, and it is uh, it's intense being in it. It's a whole life experience. And without trying to like um, recreate an entire episode for listeners who are just tuning in now kind of give a sort of a recap of, of your life in and moving sure. through and, and now. Out yeah. Of so Mormonism. I was, uh, I was raised as like kind of non-denominational Christian, went to, uh, Greg Laurie's church. I don't know if you know, he's a, I don't know. I'm not Harvest sure Crusade. Harvest. In yes, Riverside. That's the guy. That's yeah. That's where I grew up. And, uh, so I was that kind of, but, uh, mostly just with my family. Um, kind of fell away from it a bit in my teenage years and uh, ended up having kids real early. I was 19 and um, was looking for some kind of guiding force in my life and ended up with uh, my my best friend growing up was Mormon and kind of got the discussions from the missionaries and converted into Mormonism when I was uh, 20. And I was a devout Mormon for a decade until kind of falling out of that and then trying to rediscover, you know, what am I going to do? And do I do a different Mormon church or go back to a different Christian church and kind of a long period of, uh, probably five, at least five years. I mean, it was a long process. It's even still just kind of ongoing, Hmm. but, uh, at least five years of like, uh, uh, pretty frequent prayer, fasting, all that sort of thing to try to get an answer and just never found that and eventually kind of drifted away from religion completely. And I would kind of con- classify myself now as more atheist or humanist. Hmm. That was going to be my question because of the title of episode 144, which is a longer version of that story for the listener that wants to go back, uh, was from evangelical to Mormon to atheist and my first question was like do you still classify yourself as that and you just uh you just did yeah 
Yeah, I would I would say that uh, I'm probably less associate. I mean, atheist doesn't really tell me much. I don't think, uh, and I don't know. It's just a lot of connotation about it. Um, but I would say more. I'm a humanist is kind of my my value set, and uh, that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk about. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, what is that? What does humanist mean to you? Yeah. So, so basically, uh, you know, in, in kind of thinking about maybe what to talk about, one of the things I was wondering is how, because I, I, I feel like I'm pretty similar to just about everybody, honestly, in what we are not, you know, not completely, but in terms of right, wrong, and that sort of thing, um, what morality is. Um, humanist to me is, um, uh, doing things that promote the well-being of humans and not causing harm or um, unnecessary pain or suffering on humans. So minimizing that and improving human well-being. So that's basically it in a nutshell. And I kind of think that matches mostly to Christian values, but not totally sure. I was curious what the what the bros thought. Uh, it does feel like there's a lot of crossover um, if you take the love your enemies as yourself and pray for your persecutors and self-sacrificial love, agape love and whatnot, I feel like there's what you, the way you just described humanism, it sounds like, I was going to say that it sounds like there's God in that from a certain Christian perspective. When if you, if you are, if God is love and you are doing love and you are loving well, even if you don't recognize it that way, um, it could be said that that God is involved in that in that love. Maybe. maybe. Oh maybe. man, I knew you were coming, Scott. I knew you. you I just, just warm it up. Hey, I can see your palms sweating. We have a T right here, and I'm putting the ball on it for this Scott. I'm a sweater already. Here we go, baby. Let's go. Mom's hey, spaghetti. <laughs> Jeff is now yelling so loud into the microphone. That lesser Jeff. I think I just heard your your compressor roll its eyes. Like, oh, here he goes again. Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, Satanists can uh, have an idea of well-being for humans. Okay. Doesn't mean God is there. Um, yeah. So so the the basic idea of of not doing harm to Humans, that doesn't mean God is there inherently in that. Uh, God that's revealed through scripture, or let's just say any religion, would have the presumption that the person that's doing, that's promoting this value system would also have some sort of theology about that that God as well. Right, the idea- for, God, for that God to be in this, you can't just claim to do something and then take on some other religions god as like what i'm doing oh therefore it's your god is involved in what i'm doing especially when you're saying you're an atheist from that perspective you'd you'd probably have to say that it's you're not actually loving because if you take the first little chunk in first john where there is love there is god and i believe it's referring to a god by love and so it's it's like can a non Christian love agape Lee, if that's even a word. But well there there's a there's an assumption in First John and all the biblical texts that that it's love that's that is that has at its foundation 
the God of the Bible, the Jewish God, the Christian God. So you can't, you can't just attribute any sort of act of love. Is that the writer's assumption or your assumption? Well, that's assumption of the Bible. Like without faith, it's impossible to please God. So, so someone showing love doesn't mean John is not saying that. Is that different though? Uh, well, so, John is not saying that anyone who shows any kind of love means that, their lo- that God is in their love. That's not what John is saying. John has the assumption that people are following the God of the Bible. So back, back to... I think that's your assumption. Back to, you might no, be right. No, on, this but. is the assumption of the Bible. You can't just, you can't just uh, read into what John is saying and go, oh, any type of love, therefore God is there. That's not... That's not what John is saying, because John also says, if you love God, you will keep his commandments. So you can't separate out the, the right. God of the Bible yeah, from I would wanna, the I'm love. I'm not going to, but I would want to put a little footnote in the the assumption of the Bible is a, is a statement that's way too broad to have so any I, I, real I meaning. So I brought it back to John. John himself, he so, says that. But Jeff, Jeff, we're... we're we were off to a good start, Scott and I. Like This happens okay. usually like the second half of the podcast, but Jeff, go yeah, ahead. And I'm trying to, to make sure that we don't <laughs> like stumble all over each other because my Tanya's one criticism is like, you guys always talk over each other, like nonstop. And I'm, she's like, it just drives me nuts. Always? So she's, <laughs> hey, she's, you know, that's how they speak. I disagree with Tanya. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, I think we have a voicemail from Tanya but, that's coming yes, up later on the podcast. Back, But back to if Jeff started after he said, well, a humanist is, and then he went on. And then someone said, I'm a Christian and this is how I feel, you know, like Jesus loved people. And then, and then started talking about it, but you never heard the, you know, whether it's a, a, a Buddhist or a Christian or all of um, the people's beliefs across cultures, um, there would be a very consistent, like, this is how we treat people. And, and, and so I understand where Scott's coming from and I'm, I'm in the same place. Can only Christians exhibit agape love? No. Any, anyone can exhibit okay. self-sacrificial love. If, if that's how you define agape, sure. Any, I'm pretty uh, sure that's how it is defined, but I, 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 I so even, even when I acquiesce to the same Zach's not satisfied. Okay. Uh, you were kind enough. of throwing it away. Yeah, fair, right? fair enough. Uh, but yeah, any anyone there there are a lot of people who sacrifice themselves for their neighbor, for their fado fado, for their fellow person on the battlefield. Uh, people do that all the time. Sure. Regular Jeff just sacrificed his Templeton riot for us. <laughs> yeah. He did that yeah. for us. But that doesn't mean it's godly biblical agape love. Well, that That's- I think him giving us the rye was godly. Like <laughs> I, in my opinion. We get to right. that, in your opinion. Is I mean, wait, hold on. As much. You started out by saying you think others that they can exhibit agape love, and then you ended by saying, "But that's not agape love. That's not godly agape love." Oh, what's the difference? Well, because yeah, the, the agape is a, a Greek word. Like it, it, it could apply to any. Like just like all the words in the New Testament. So what is are the Greek words that uh, existed or can we apply? All right, to let's set aside. Let's set aside word games. Like just because I'm, I'm not playing word games. <laughs> And let's not make the definition this. of a word game. We're using the word agape. You know what we're talking about, but then you chose mm-hmm. to separate out and go. But if it was just Greek, which none of us just said, just the Greek, 
Well, you said agape. The word, the okay. word is agape, but self-sacrificial love. So there's a godly version and an ungodly <laughs> version of that. You guys, well, the, we had, cannot yeah. make this 15 minutes of grill Scott because Scott is oh, I very bet we good. Can. I yeah, bet I know we can. we can. I would enjoy that. We, I know we can. <laughs> but we have better yeah. Jeff here. Okay, that's true. <laughs> Ask the question. <laughs> All right, let's make this a better pod. Jeff. Uh, better Jeff. So. But yeah, wait. No, go ahead. <laughs> you, you setting this up with considering yourself a humanist and you have a morality and you have like a, a code of ethics or a kind of a standard that in your best ways you would meet. Right. That you hold yourself to. How and is it's it- like very similar to what I was as a Christian, as a Mormon, as a non-Christian, non-religious um, I haven't really changed a whole lot. Like I still like all the basic stuff still applies. Like don't kill people. Don't steal from people. All right. that obvious stuff clearly applies. There are things that have changed, um, uh, for me, but, um, they're more like, um, like the Sabbath day. Like I have no problems doing anything on Sunday. It's not a special day for me. It's not a whatever. I value the concept of rest. <laughs> I get that perspective, but that specific day for a specific reason, because it was written down, does not really apply. So that might be one example. Of, and that was a pretty hard rule in the Mormon church, correct? Totally. Yeah. yeah you were, it was basically forbidden from doing like anything other than studying scripture, visiting the sick and afflicted. Uh, we couldn't even really go to pool swimming or nothing so and when we did it, i felt like i was sinning oh, i wow. used to Whoa. yeah so like it, it was and you're not supposed to buy anything you're supposed to like get all your stuff but now if i forgot oh man i forgot uh, i need to go fill my propane i'll go down and buy my propane and i don't care that it's sunday it's not like it's god's gas not a special day for me <laughs> so like and i i i square that with humanism because i look and i think is sunday specifically hurting, making, causing harm, or is this not promoting well-being for humans? And I don't see any case there. And so I let that part of my belief system go. So you're just slowly backsliding. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. Slipping further and further away. But yeah, I I don't know if there's more significant differences. I don't know. And that's why I was, I was wondering if you, if there, if you think, uh, cause I, I kind of feel like, uh, the Christian version of myself is mainly compatible as much as it seems like it shouldn't be. And, and I don't know, I've, I've had friends tell me, well, that's because you came from that background and you still have all those beliefs because of that background. That may be true. Yeah. Um, but like I said, that doesn't stop me on about the Sabbath day. And I literally have no problem at all. I don't feel any kind of remorse or guilt or I don't feel like I'm harming anybody. And you don't seem bitter at all to your past. Well, is that wrong? So long, it's been a long time. Has, so, were like, there periods of bitterness? Oh yeah, 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 and totally. I felt like I was lied to and whatever, and then I realized no, I wasn't. My parents thought this and whatever, and then I thought, well, man, I used to pay tithing for for the church, like that's required essentially, um, and if I would have put that money in a four hundred one k, oh my <laughs> oh, god. god. Let's not think about that. 
<laughs> I would have had millions of dollars. Like I, I was paying 10% of my money and I was working full time as a computer programmer from the time I was 20. So for a decade in my twenties, mm. socking away, you know, or, or giving them 15, 20,000 a year that could have gone into a 401k and sat there for 40 years. Uh, it, I, I get, uh, I even just read an article the other day that the, the Mormon empire is like a billion dollars. They're going on a temple spill building spree. And, uh, I'm like, I contributed to that yeah. <laughs> and now I don't have it. And so, uh, I, I've definitely felt, um, you know, some of it, but I also kind of think every, I, I don't really think any of them were trying to be deceptive. I just think they were wrong. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. You don't strike me as the, so I, I have a, a background in, caring about apologetics and stuff like that. And I still, I still care about that. I still like to read what people say, um, that were like, like where I was. And I've got, I think I've got past the bitterness phase of whatever deconstruction, however that looked like that word's kind of a buzzword. Hopefully the listener doesn't get tripped up on that. By the way, I did it before it was cool. So (laughs) I think that's worth something, but, uh, the, the apologetics, you kind of hear, depending on who you're listening to, you hear about, um, you know, the, the person that's not a Christian, that's just, just trying to tear down everything and, and blow everything up. Or if you become an atheist, you turn into kind of a monster that doesn't have a social compass. And we're kind of seeing it's, it's a little more complex, at least with you. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I know it's more complex for most people. A lot of the atheist people that talk about deep, issues that I listen to on podcasts and whatnot, it's clear they're just hunting for the truth and they have a bias and they have a lens they're looking through and they might not be correct, but it's not the, like, I just want to destroy the idea of God no matter what. I mean, there, there are those out there that do that, but I think it's interesting to hear from somebody that puts a little nuance and, and grayness to this black and white culture war mm-hmm. thing that's going on right now with everything. I don't know if I asked you this the first time you were on, but do you feel like you're still searching? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I do. I feel like as time has gone on and it's been about, uh, so, I mean, I think the last time I went to Mormon church was uh, probably 20, uh, almost 20 years now, maybe, maybe 19. So it's been a long time and I definitely, I've been keep getting pushed more and more down the road of not finding. Um, and, uh, I did spend the first, I mean, I spent the first at least year daily praying probably for a minimum of a half hour. Um, and, uh, it was brutal, like just not feeling any kind of, yes, go do this. Yes. Go do that. And I don't know the whole, even the whole prayer thing is just a hard concept looking back on it. Cause I used to like get feelings and I'd feel one way, but I wasn't drawn a certain way. And I was reaching out saying, Oh, my whole family here is depending on the right answer to this and we're going to do it. You know, I'll do it. And to not hear and not hear really broke me down over time. And I did definitely go through a bit of a, like a, a bitter revolt from that to some extent. Um, and then I kind of emerged trying to just think more clearly about it as much as possible. And I didn't uh, just any, all the reasons I used to have when I looked at them just kind of crumbled. And so I 
and I couldn't find a good one. And I've searched, I've, I've read like almost all the, I've read like the least cerebral stuff and I've read, um, on both sides. I've read a lot of the apologist guys. Um, okay. So do you have more, do you have more answers or questions now? Um, hmm, that's a good, probably more questions and more realizing that I don't know. I think that's maybe the difference. Like I used to think I knew a lot of stuff that I had now realized I really don't know. And even the stuff I know now, I don't really know. Like I, I call myself a humanist, but I don't know that's like correct. And that's the, and even that there's questions like why humanists and not dogs? Like your dog was hanging around. I'm like, the dog is not a human, so I can do whatever I want to it. No, not exactly. It's more consciousness and what exactly is that? And so I don't know any of that. I don't know what consciousness is. I can't even define it. <laughs> is there and, any, is there any inkling that you're like, I may not be right? Uh, you totally. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, and you get to the end and, and then what I, you know, I do feel pretty confident that when I do, like, I, I would feel comfortable like going before God and being like, dude, I try, what was I supposed to do? Mm. <laughs> I don't know what I could have done better. I tried to be as good as I could. I tried, I was this, I tried Mormon. That seemed obviously wrong. Uh, after looking at it now, but I don't even know which one to pick. I don't know why what I'm doing is wrong. So I love I, that. I love that answer. Yeah. Just, wait, have, just, you, have you trying to form a criteria around what you think would be a like for whatever reasons you left the Mormon religion? Have you thought about uh, trying to trying to create like just a framework of okay, what would I expect from a a real religion that if there mm-hmm. if there was a god that this god would set up these things so that humans without without god having to put some idea in my brain if I can use my senses that god gave me uh to observe what god's true religion would look like Um, yes. Yeah. I have tried to think about that. And, um, I think, uh, that's part of the reason why I get pushed more towards atheism, almost be more towards the way I, when I say atheism, I mean, uh, um, I'm not, I don't have any convincing reason to believe in a, like a deity or a creator that wants me to do something. And, um, my, my biggest thing is that, and I know no one else can ever verify this because it's in my head. I can't verify yours and you can't verify mine. <laughs> it's in my head. But I know, at least in my own head, um, that I ha- am open and I have demonstrated like that I will follow like to the letter verbatim to the best of my ability, sacrificing massive um for what I believe and and what I hold to be true if I think that's right. And so it would just, and I don't know what it would take for, to, for, to be convinced, but I know that if there was such a God, he would know. So what, so he would know what it would take. And he, Mm -hmm. and if he didn't want to give it to me, then it's kind of, uh, I don't know how, what I could do with that. So I, I would ask him, what was I supposed to do with this? You yeah. didn't give me. So what, what type of criteria did you set? Um, so like uh, stuff like um, that 
if there was a God and they wanted me to do something, they would provide evidence that they would provide uh, reason for me to do that. And they would make it clear what they wanted to be done. And, and so, but how would they, how would you expect them or, or what would you accept as a clear communication from God? Cause I know like Mormonism is like the major thing is the burning in the bosom. Yeah. Or the still uh, small voice is what they used yeah. to tell me was, uh, you listen to the still small voice in your head and I'm like, they do that in uh, evangelical yeah, every, circles every, too, every, yeah. everybody in uses the that <laughs> in the quiet right. place. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you, evangelicals for the most part would use that at, for people who are already that was Christians. Um, right. But I think for Mormons, their entry into Mormonism yeah. is the burning in the bosom. That's their testimony. Right. And I feel like I had that feeling, but it, um, it just kind of, I, I look back on that and I think, you know, I felt very powerfully. I've been emotionally overwhelmed as a Christian, a Mormon, and a non-believer, mm. and I felt this burning. I've like I've been driving up to Mammoth. Even you guys are talking about that, and I've looked at the mountains and just start crying, just bawling as a non-believer, like a, you know five years ago. And I'm like, these experiences are not like unique to the Mormon God. Definitely, they're not unique to the Christian God. They're not unique, apparently, to any God. Every religion says they have them. So I wouldn't count that as evidence. I would think that's bad evidence and bad reason. And that was one of the reasons I believed in the beginning. Mm. Now, so, that's, why, you, that's why I'm asking yeah, about this. So like, like a, a, a burning would not do it for me. Right. I mean, so what, what ultimately would it would have to, it would as, have to correspond to reality. But like, what would like just an example, like I know Richard Dawkins would like it said, if if God wrote something in the sky, like Richard, believe in me, mm-hmm. uh, and then he still wouldn't believe because he would yeah. think it's a delusion. It's uh, a so, it's a hard question to answer, but maybe I can try this. This is something I've thought about. Is um, by the way, what you're about to say uh-huh. will be refuted by Scott ten times over. Le- it's coming. Okay, but go ahead. So, like Thor, for example, like you know the the god Thor. If I were to see a vision of Thor, I see a, a blonde guy with a hammer and stuff. Would I believe in Thor? No. I mean, I would believe I saw something that looked like, wow, that looks like what I've heard Thor looks like. But does that mean I believe there's an Odin and a Loki and a spirit and a rainbow bridge to some other planet? I would need to see like all of that stuff um, just because I see a vision of something. And like whenever I hear people um, in my life that have told me this is why I believe it's something like that. I'm like, that doesn't tell you much. I'm not doubting the experience they saw something but does that tell you that there's an odin and all this stuff and magic and and all these things no um and so it couldn't even be like a personal experience it would have to be like and and then i so something outside of yourself i i would say that um like i believe in things that seem to be magic already and so i look at those things like there's like these lizards that can grow their arms back like they chop off their arm and it grows back I believe in those. That seems like magic to me, but I believe in it because right. there's science and you can yeah. see it and they could tell you why. And they look Evidence. at the cells yeah. and it happens over and over. And if you go get one, you could cut its arm off. I haven't done the experiment, but it's evidence that demands a verdict. I'll say. And it, and it's, re- <laughs> it's, it's like yeah. consistent with the natural world, even though it's somewhat yeah. miraculous. So and you, and I, you I would don't accept. understand it. 
I don't personally understand it, but yeah. I like accept that as yeah. truth. Uh, yeah, so no, I, w- I would I, believe things yeah, like I became, that. I became a Christian mainly on, there was um, a guy, a, a friend I knew from uh, baseball in high school and he, he was, he became a Christian one day and he started preaching and at first I rejected it. And then uh, one day it just, it just hit me. Um, and that's how I came into Christianity, but I didn't stay in Christianity because of a, of a feeling or some, something like that. I stayed in because of, things like prophecy that, that, mm-hmm. uh, and that's what I think a lot of, um, I don't know if Lee Strobel uh, does that specifically, but evidence that demands a verdict uh, probably talks about that um, where a prof. So I'm not, I'm not looking for a vision mm-hmm. to keep me or continued visions or God to speak to me directly to stay a Christian. Uh, I trust, um, I trust in scripture because God has confirmed it through prophecy that he's told things in the future that, before that happened and, and, and then they come, they come to pass. I, and I, that's, I, that's verified. But um, it was, it was, I mean, for the, just for context, they were written down after the fact of those events. No, they weren't. They were written down. It's written as for telling prophecy, but I, I don't, we, we, so, I'm so not going to debate so, the prophecy, right, so but this I think it's a worth disagreement. Saying, we'd have to look. So yeah, this is something we can look at. Criticism and whatnot. Yeah. Well, we we can we can look at it, but I there's scholarship. I think the scholarship shows that it was written before before the events happened. By the way, Zach, you're talking millennial right now, a little passive aggressive to uh, Scott. I just want to well, I just want to throw it out there because there there are plenty of scholars that would point out to like the ages of the the manuscripts we have and say that most of the prophetic literature is either a not future telling it's saying it's calling people out if you keep on this path this is what will happen as and then the some that are like prophesying future events that seem to come to pass that some scholars would say or i'm not saying this is settled scholarship scholarship is oh, a thing it's not settled but you're saying it is no i just said i'm not saying it's settled i'm saying there's a lot of scholars the, the scholarship is wide ranging on on that so when you drop the, well, the Bible proves something is true because something the Bible said came to pass. It's, I don't know. That's not convincing to, to everybody for different reasons. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. But if like, if, yeah. so you're not I'm trying to add a little color, right? You're not, so a vision wouldn't do it. Um, someone writing something down saying something's going to happen before it happens. Um, so it seems like there, unless, like, even if God came to you directly, how would I and, know that? Right. I guess. So, so, yeah. so then at some point, would there be anything? Because you said you set a criteria, but then, yeah, know, my right? my my basic criteria it would have to correspond to reality, like those other things do. I'd have to have some kind of verifiable thing. Like another example, like to for for me to believe in prayer working. It would be the same way, like if I were to come ask, like if uh, if if two, if all three, four of us go and ask Zach a question, like what's your favorite color, and then we all go write it down and then we show our answer. If we all said blue, I'd be like, okay, that's uh, we're probably all talking to Zach. If we all came back in a different colors, then I'd be wondering, are we really talking to Zach? And so um, that that's how I see even the the prayer to work that everyone gets different answers. So you'd have to get similar answers would be a way it would have to be over time. I'd have to be getting the same answers. 
how many times, how many false, how many false answers can I get? I mean, this, you, you could, you could set all these up. Even things like, you know, like the, you know, it says if, if two believers ask in my name, I'll do it. And that would have to work. And it doesn't like, it doesn't not only once, but every time, basically I are only luckily random hits here and there. So it would have to actually work. Like if every time two believers ask for something to happen, I would be like, okay, uh, um, sign me up. Um, but, what uh, a scary world that would be if it was like, oh my God. That's it's, Bruce Almighty. it's Bruce well, Almighty, right? I wouldn't yeah. have, like, I, I would not have set it up all. that way. I don't know why it was written that way. Yeah. Why well, would you write that if that's not how yeah, it is? So, I mean, do you, do you really, do you think that that, like God says that whatever two people ask for that are believers, whatever they ask for, if they ask for a billion dollars, then God has to give it. No, I, I, I don't think it works that way. And I think that'd be a, probably a, a, a bad reading of it, but like praying over a sick, you know, child, I think that two believers praying for that, God would do it and it would be consistent um, some way. And so I don't even see that. Like it, it just doesn't seem to really, it seems to match with, random chance to me. And so it would have to work more than that for me to say, okay, there's something going on here, but like those, it would have, so it would have to conform to reality over time and be consistent. Like all the other stuff that I do believe, I don't know how else. And then the only other thing I could say is I know that I don't know, maybe, but I know that if there was God who created all this, they would know, he would know what I needed and he would be able to give it to me if he wanted to. Maybe, maybe, but if you're, if you're asking for miracles, uh, well, that, that's, I understand that God, like it's, it's like, it's warned about to like not ask for miracles because that's, that's a, a sinful generation that would, that would seek for signs and miracles. Now I know you might say, well, yeah, obviously because you can't give any signs and miracles. Well, no, it says don't test God. And I know, I know it says that. And so it's a kind of a catch 22. It's a hard problem to be in. Well, you did ask him the question, Scott. So I, and my basic I, answer is I really don't know. About? I'm not, compl- I'm not, compl- I'm just, I'm yeah, I'm responding to his question. I don't know what that statement means. I did ask him a question. I'm not complaining. Jeff, I think it's each of us at one point in time, or another, and often ongoing, like prayer is a really tough one. Mm-hmm. That, that is one that, um, it doesn't, always work out the way that we think it's supposed to work out. And I think um, oftentimes I am not even sure how it's supposed to work out. So yeah, me neither. I, I, I can't yeah. even, I can't even come to a conclusion of like, God, I'm, I'm praying right now. And I don't know if I believe that this will change outcomes by me praying. But um, so, <laughs> there have been times where I'm like, but in the chance that it might, then I hope this is one of those times mm-hmm. and please don't hold it against me. If, if I'm like not being super sure I'm like identifying with that, like you, you almost like caveated your prayer, but it's like the, un- the unspoken thing is like, and I'm sorry if that's not the right thing, that's not the right way to pray kind of a thing. And I can't remember if it's the, is it the Roman centurion or if it's just another, um, man who comes to Jesus and the the paraphrase of what he says is, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Right. And that is like, man, the most human passage, I think, in the whole Bible. Ah, there's probably other ones, but that one stands out to me of like humans encountering faith 
and saying, I believe. And in the same breath, like, and I can hold intention, this unbelief piece too, that, and asking God to help you with that is, man, it's so moving whenever I I think of that. Cause that's, that's like the human condition. That's Mm -hmm. we, we encounter that in so many shapes and forms in our life. Um, and I love that. I love that that's included because it's like, it is God showing us like giving room to have those feelings and have those doubts. Yeah. And, and just like, uh, I, I wouldn't trust, I wouldn't necessarily trust any, any individual's experience to be like whatever they experience. Therefore their conclusions about that experience are correct. I think at the same time, uh, looking at my own experience, I, I, I don't know that I would trust my own experience to disprove um, anything that that is outside of me. Um, and I, I think that would be a, I, I guess I would caution people, individuals, um, that whatever their personal experience is, I don't know how they would think that that could disprove the existence of God um, from an individual experience perspective. Does it go the other way? Could you f- just flip that statement on its head as far as like experience to prove the existence of God? Well, that's why, that's why that the first part I said, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Then, then I agree. Um, <laughs> that's the upper left that corner that of the West. It doesn't matter to either of us really, but Wesleyan quadrilateral. I am, I am curious a little more Templeton for the Scooter Scott. Tolbert. Hand off. Um, I am curious though, if you f- do flip it, to Scott um, for shits and giggles, is there something, is, is there a disproof of God that would convince you that you're, if I'll just keep, maybe keep it light that you're, what you believe about God now is not true. Would you lightly disprove your beliefs? <laughs> um, <laughs> or is there one that would cause you to go to full blown atheism? But, but even a version of, cause you, Scott, you feel, and this is not a dig. I shouldn't have to say this, but I know we have enough. But now back I, and I already forth. feel it's like I it's know, a dick. I know. See really how I'm treated, Major Jeff. <laughs> I do. I'm Major seeing Jeff. this. <laughs> <laughs> New nickname. Just got upgraded. I like Major Jeff. <laughs> Feels military. But you're 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 pretty confident. I, I know you would allow room for you not being wrong. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying you're a, a dick. Um, well, some, I mean, some that, might. That, that some might be might. your most truthful statement. But uh, that's right. This man has no dick. And I think this book's for you, or maybe it's for your partner. I don't need that for at least nine months. She comes months. first? Okay. Um, but yeah, is there, you're open to, yes, my idea of reality is subject to be wrong and I'll learn and grow, but maybe like a shape shift or a, a big course correction. Mm. Is there an evidence? Just flip the question that, yeah. that we gave to Major Jeff. So like if all of us, or I guess I, it'd be kind of twofold, like um, what would be a criteria for for me to stop believing in yeah, God. That's a good way to put it. And then in the way that you do. And then what would happen if I stopped believing in God? Yeah. Would be the, the second part. Um so yeah, I, I debunking prophecy would be would be a big thing. Um because that's that's a legitimate proof for the Bible. Uh to a, a, a legitimate reason to at least trust the biblical text over other religions. 
because we have competing religions and all all religions have, have some truths truth statements in there like things that are actually true that we can objectively well i shouldn't say objectively but we can go <laughs> nice. that, that a lot of people would go yeah that is true we should we should do those things but just because they have truth statements in them doesn't mean that they're coming from an actual god that's outside of humanity uh, so I, pro- prophecy would be a big one um if you could somehow prove that jesus never existed uh that that would be pretty big because he's kind of a major part of uh, the Christian faith. Um, it's weird. I, I agree with that. That's weird. That Jesus is a major part of the Christian faith. <laughs> 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 yeah, but you would say whether Jesus existed or not, he's still a major part of the Christian faith. Which is uh, also true. <laughs> <laughs> I think he existed, Scott. I, there's not really anybody serious these days that says he doesn't exist there was a movement for a while thomas borg or uh, the the uh the jesus uh seminar marcus borg marcus borg um they they would they i think swedish chef so he existed someone so no uh, i think i think their interpretation of the resurrection might make you well i think no part of the jesus seminar is that jesus all right that there's let's pull it back in yeah yeah um but so yeah so so those two things would be pretty big um i guess if you could uh, I guess if there was overwhelming scientific evidence that disproved uh, a major statement in the Bible, maybe. Uh, but I mean, it'd have to really like that would that would have to be significant. Um, but so it'd become weird. Like if you have a significant, let's say, a, a major scientific blunder, but Jesus lived and rose from the dead, I'd be like, okay, that would be kind of weird. That'd be a, a weird scenario. So it might be the case you have to might have to have all of them, but prophecy would be a big one because that would be okay. an object, uh, uh, an ob, um, what's uh, not objectifiable, but a uh, verifiable. A, a, oh yeah, verifiable, verifiable, an, an objectively verifiable thing that would, would be a reason why we would trust scripture in the first place. Okay, uh, yeah. I have another question for Jeff. But that doesn't answer my second part. What would I do if I... Sorry, Jeff. Major, lesser Jeff. Uh, I just wanted to um, focus on Major I, Jeff. What would I do if, the, if let's say, that happened? Private Jeff. Um, I would... I, I might I might carry carry forward uh, some of the morality, maybe. Um, I'd probably watch a lot more porn. Um, and care less, I guess. Um I, I could I, I could see me going to some detrimental things where I just didn't really care. Um, I'm, I'm not as kind-hearted as Major Jeff, um, who seems like a, a, just a genuinely kind person. Um, My guess is you wouldn't yeah. stay that way. Like it, I feel like it would be a huge upheaval if all of a sudden you lost your faith in God, and it, it might have some detrimental effects to your personal well-being. I, I, don't, your, I don't think it would be a, like a... I don't. I don't think I would have a major crisis like that. I just. I think I would, like, just for example, stop going to church and maybe start drinking earlier in the day. I. I don't. That sounds like your summer, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I have a teacher on summer break. Yeah. Um, lesser, I don't, lesser Jeff. My, but I. Jeff, I don't, Jeff the minor. I thought about my week when I would take one week vacations and. I'm like, wow, I'm. I've been on a six week vacation. I, I. I don't think. I don't think I would have any less value for humans though. Um, because just, I, I don't have a reason to like harm people. 
Um, um, but if, but if I did find a reason to harm people, then I think it'd be easier to, to at least try to harm people because there'd be nothing holding me back except, well, except for jail. Okay. Uh, I have a question for you, Jeff. All right. Um, so you, you went through, I get, okay. So my question is, are you fooling your, do you think you're possibly fooling yourself? Now, let me set this up. Went through Mormonism, went through Christendom. You had beliefs, mm-hmm. um, and believing in, in God and Christ. And, and then you pushed away out of rebellion mm-hmm. and like, I can't believe, you know, they were, you know, focused on this and that's, I, that's BS or, I, you know, I, rebellion I, or dissolution. All both. this, all and even it. some of the stuff Scott said, nihilism, like what matters? Why does this care? Why, why should yeah. I do anything? I went through all that. I felt all that stuff. But now you move, you're, you're here now. And is it possible that you're, you're fooling yourself? You're like, I don't want to grasp onto that because I was rebelling against that or disillusioned. But if you, t- if you stripped all of the, if you stripped all of the crap out of there, is it possible that like, I probably am a believer, but I just want to like not take a stand. Um, I don't know if I would say that. Um, I definitely have, I felt all that stuff that you said leading up to it. I don't know if I'd consider myself believing right now. I'm, I'm more like, I realized I, I realized I've been wrong where I thought I was so certain several times. And now I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, eh, I don't really believe I have the right answer right now either. Like I don't, I just feel like I have an answer and it's, uh, seems good. And it seems to align with all the things that were good from all of this past, which is kind of that, that, that core love, like just, you know, love yourself, love other people don't do harm. And how could you go wrong with that? Like that is what all of the, uh, all of this stuff ultimately teaches in some way. And, um, I don't know. just don't feel like I'm, I'm going, I don't feel like that part is wrong. That part seems absolutely right. Uh, Any of my thoughts about other stuff, like, you know, uh, how the world should work and am I right and all that? I have no idea. I, I I probably am much more comfortable with uncertainty. What's the motive, like what drives you or motivates you to take on a a humanist um, mindset or framework? Like what, Hmm. why, why do that? What, why, why do you want to? I don't know. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, I've even thought about that. Like I definitely don't have like a, a foundation, like in my old beliefs, it was like, here's the foundation and this is everything built on that. Like, I don't have a foundation. I just have like, uh, I'm more of a hypothesis, like this sounds right. And then I try it and it's good. And usually when you're, you're, you're good to other people and you're good to yourself, uh, things turn out well. And so it keeps working. And so more, maybe a pragmat pragmatically, doing it. Um, and, and I'm willing to change if something comes along and it's like, wow, that's actually a better way to, to go about it or a better way to think about it. Deceit and manipulation, backstabbing, but lying. I, I definitely have like this, like skeptical thing built in now after being going through that, that, um, you know, that transition 
and mm-hmm. and absolutely being the wrong at least once. Like I have three totally opposing contradictory belief systems. And so I know I was wrong twice. <laughs> mm. At least I could be wrong three times. <laughs> mm. But, and uh, wrong twice when you felt very sure. Very sure. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. I felt absolutely certain until this one. And this is the one I don't feel certain. I feel okay with uncertainty. And I just try to take myself less seriously. There's no walls. And, and uh, yeah. And it's scary too. It's like a little scary because you don't know. And you don't know what you're doing right. And you don't feel justified. You don't feel like you have footing necessarily. But Especially when it first happens. Totally. Like, like it's it's like your nihilistic phase, I'm guessing, was a version of just all of a sudden what is actually reality. Yeah. When it's been a part of your core identity that it is one way and that gets pulled away, it's it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. Was it hard for you to separate um sort of like the religious duties from the core beliefs of the religion? Like, cause you described, you, you give a description of, of kind of these hard and fast rules for a Sunday mm-hmm. within the Mormon religion. Right. Which like Jesus bends that quite a few times, you know, statements like man is not made for the Sabbath. Sabbath is made for man. They have additional prophecy that they say was revealed that says what the specific rules are. And so you follow those. <laughs> Wait, Pearl of great price. Yeah. And the, and the, uh, doctrine and covenants. But yeah, uh, uh, but my point was more, it was it, was it the, uh, ceremonies and activities surrounding mm-hmm. the religion versus the core beliefs of the religion that you felt more contradictory to? I fell apart from the, uh, the ceremonies and stuff first. Like I fell apart from going to church and, uh, you know, Sabbath and, and wearing garments, all that stuff um, that I was doing, I kind of fell away from that. And I had a deep kind of core, there is a God, like even the, 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 I re- even remember like the progression of where I eventually was like, man, maybe, maybe there's no God. And funny enough, like beyond that was even there, maybe, maybe there's no Jesus. That was mm-hmm. one of the hardest like statements I ever like said in my brain. And that came after there might not be God, which was mm-hmm. weird. Cause it was, I was so connected. Like the Mormon church is very Jesus centric, just like my Christian upbringing. And so to, to even think of that thought in my head was like very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very distressing for a long time. And I just sat with it for years. And like I said, and it's just been years and years where, uh, no answers and no, you know, and all the things that I the personal experiences and the burning the bosoms and the the still small voice. I, I come to find that that exists no matter which belief system I have. Mm. And the only reason I called it that was not because I wasn't having the experience, but that that's what I labeled the experience because that's what I was told it was. So I, I don't deny that people have all of these experiences and I did. Yeah. I just don't, I just, I question if anyone really knows what that really was. So I have a question related to that, but right now I, before you, before you die, just to tag onto that. And I do think it's, it's good to separate the terms, uh, faith and, and belief. Mm -hmm. Um, because 
there's absence. The, like the faith part, when I think when we're using that term, it is because there's some gap there's that, that we're recognizing we may never have evidence for. And, and this is the point where... I, w- I would define faith differently than that, but go ahead. Okay. Well, that, that's actually very interesting. And I said that word, Jeff. I know. Uh, sorry, lesser Jeff. That's not, that's not major Jeff. I say interesting too much, and he always hammers me for it, and for good reason. Right? Would you say 100%? I apologize. Oh, I'm giving you credit. But the difference you, you may use interesting from the, now on and not worry about it. The difference between faith and belief, I think most Christians, let's just say broadly, would disagree with you. But I, I think you might be onto something, and maybe unpack that a little more. Oh, that's interesting. Like I can. I don't have to have faith that, that I'm holding this glass of Kirkland. You do have Bubbly. to have faith that it tastes like lime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So this, yeah, there's I have, I have evidence in my hand. There's 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 no there's no uh, there's no question whether or not that's happening. And I'm not going to get into like unless you get down to the quantum level or in the <laughs> matrix. You're not really holding the glass. What even is reality? The glass is holding you. Oh, uh, we're all in the glass. We are the glass. We are. We are all. Co- yeah. <laughs> this. It's starting to remind me of Dana Carvey. If, if, if you believe, then I believe. On Sunday, I believe. On Wednesday, I have doubt. On Sunday, I believe. No, I, but, so in brief, I guess I, w- I would say faith is trusting that something will happen because of past events. So you're, you're believing in what you can't see because it's in the future, but you're trusting in it because of what's happened in the past, which is different than a gap of, of like, Oh, I don't know. I I don't know if I could trust God or whatever. That that that's not. You put words so you in my mouth. I didn't yeah. say that. But I think uh, correct. Scott just built a mini straw man. Yeah. But Scott, um, verifiable from your perspective, like evidences are very important to your belief and faith. Mm. And for whatever reason, like the spectrum of people that need that versus need just the feel. It, it just like it spans so there's such a such a wide gap, which is fascinating. Like there's wait, we need the I am some people sure the burning that. of the bosom is all it takes, and it's like hundred percent. And I just said that <laughs> I want to fire myself. Uh-huh. In the sun. Uh-huh. I want to fire myself into the sun right now. If there's a podcast hell, I mean, send if you believe me there. the sun exists, really, just keep going, Zach. We've made fun of a hundred percent. Like if you play a drinking game. Listening to podcasts, and every time somebody says 100%, you're going to die. Just I'll get your macchiato right now. <laughs> 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I felt like it was the word not when people would say that. Yeah. That, that 100% is this generation's not. Yeah. But I'm, I'm referring to the, some people, it just takes that experience. Our Jeff has had that experience that he's anchored to. And I don't think that's wrong. I, I, I don't want to take that away from him. I have never had that experience of a, a version of the burn, burning of the bosom in that way. And so some people need the evidence. Scott needs the evidence. And from his perspective, he has it. And I, I don't know. That, that It's fascinating to me. I'll never, it will never get old hearing from people's experience on what they believe, why they believe, whether it's Christian or not. because. 
it's so different. Um, but it also like going back to major Jeff, you can almost say like, if you look back through human history, almost, let's just say for lack of splitting hairs, like every culture has a sense of transcendence. Mm -hmm. There is a faith for every culture. And so not making an argument for like Jesus died and rose again, and therefore you should be a Christian major Jeff. Um, because you should, maybe you should. Zach's not making that argument. Or you sign me up. I am. (laughs) I am not because sometimes I, there's a con. Sometimes I have a version of that. And sometimes it's lesser than that. The, Help my own belief. That's like, that's that's really near and dear to my heart, but um, to my bosom, if you'll if you'll say, and I, I will say that my bosom. But never been. What, what do you think about that, that? What do you think about the um, just all throughout Why human that? history, like going back tens of thousands of years, way further than young Earth creationists are comfortable with? Every culture has a sense of transcendence. There's something mm-hmm. other beyond us. And I do have a burning in my bosom. If you could pass the ride. And go ahead. Go ahead, Major Jeff. Uh, yeah. So I, I think I probably would say that um, I have it too. It's, uh, it's probably your response to uh, not knowing something. It's like not knowing where we came from, not knowing where we're going, not knowing why we're here. Uh, not knowing a lot of stuff and like uh, it's more prevalent in the past and they had more wild explanations that people came up with. Um, and, uh, but we still don't know so much. There's just so too much stuff unknown. And so I think it's just people's attempt to deal with not knowing and, you know, it's scary, scary death is a scary thing, scary concept. And, knowing that you're going to die. And like, and for me, I'm like, Oh, does that mean I'm just gone? Like, what, what is that? Um, I, and especially my whole growing up, I expected to be like, you know, permanent. And even when I was a Mormon, it was going to be even better. Like I was going to get my own kingdoms and planets and all kind of stuff. Um, and did you uh, ever name in your planets? Or I do didn't you yet. I, I was thinking about some though, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of how I interpret it. And looking back is that it's how humans try to cope with the unknown and uncertainty that we're all stuck with and make sense of the world around us. Yeah. yeah. And that's why they thought, you know, Oh, we don't know why people are getting sick. Oh, well, and they made up, things oh it's because uh the spirits oh it's because uh someone gave you the evil look so it's because uh i cast this voodoo on you and then we find out oh, it's because there's little microorganisms that and so as time has gone on and we've answered things all of those myths have gone away but we don't know how why there's something rather than nothing you we didn't don't. say god bless you <laughs> <laughs> we don't know why how life started the crazy like you look and you're like man we're in a room right how could this just happen this doesn't seem possible there has to be some reason and not knowing and uh consciousness like we just don't know there's too much stuff we still have no idea but it, i do think it is strange that that those same answers have been proposed for stuff that we do now know and they look silly in those examples. Yeah. And so now I'm wondering, 
Would it be how many more of those? Like, is it just a matter of time? Well, I mean, even if we don't ever know, isn't it likely that there's some answer like that that we that's just mind blowing mm-hmm. that we never would have thought about? Yes. Like that Lion King where Timon Possible. and Pumbaa are looking mm-hmm. at the sun and they're like, I think it's a ball of flaming gas mm-hmm. burning billions of galaxies away and stuff. It's like you, mm-hmm. who would ever know right. that it's beyond anything we would even it's think like of? A science of the gaps argument. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, it goes both ways. It goes. Well, no, no, yeah. I, but no one's no one's made a God of the Gaps argument yet on this podcast. I'm just saying. No, that's true. No, and I, and it, we're we're going to find it eventually. Science is going to find an answer for all of this. But that's science of the gap. And I don't even know if there needs to be an answer found as much as looking back and realizing that all the ones we have found have turned out to not be the spirits and the magic. And so I just think mm, it's, that seems likely. That we, this is far beyond anything we really totally understand still. Yeah. And anytime uh, we always have to consider that humans are trying their best to understand God and we mess up all the time consistently in everything. And it just happens to be us understanding God and trying or to even make reality. sense of the world. Substitute reality for God. That's part of the everything. Okay. Statement that I make. <laughs> but you said God. Sad. Do you think reality is part I, of everything? <laughs> <laughs> Zach, Andy's more okay, intelligent. All right, slap my hand. That's fine. Are you not even listening to my words? But you're using the word God, and it was triggering me. And then I, but I said everything as well. That was my point. Is that we have a great track record for misinterpreting and getting things wrong, and as we're trying to figure these things out, and so I think that that which is why we have like competing theologians as well who have different beliefs, and they are looking and they are trying to argue these things through. Um, so if you were to say right now, I don't know, I don't know where we came from. I don't know what's going to happen after I die. I don't know if there's purpose for me or I was, I'm here by design and for a reason, like, what would you do? Like, and that's the question I'd ask myself. And that's, that's how I ended up. Can any of us say, I know to that prep proposition? Yes. So I, I, I wouldn't I say used I to, know. I would have said that back in my, when I was a Mormon and a Christian, I would have said, I know, but yeah, would you don't, you would say you don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. And I mm-hmm. would, I feel like I'm on the opposite side of your coin of always hunting and seeking, but for various reasons, I still have this uh, identification with Christianity. Um, and you know more specifically Jesus, and maybe it is the agape love thing. I like, mm-hmm. I know agape love works if it's put into practice. My four year old, she's not four anymore, but ten years ago, having a conversation, I think we were probably reading like a storybook version of the Bible or something like that, and I I asked her about loving your enemies. I'm like, what if everyone loved their enemies? And like without skipping a beat, she's like, there's no more enemies. Mm. And I'm like, I'm like fucking crying because it's like, <laughs> it's so true. And maybe naive, and maybe that's not how the world exists currently, but if it's the more that is put into practice, it the more the world is going towards shalom and agape love and actually, you know, being the church and Christ on earth, you know, whatever metaphor you want to use, like the more that actually tangibly will do difference. And so that that's my anchor, but in terms of a lot of the stuff or being being able to prove certain aspects of the Bible. It's, I always want to be hunting for that. And I never want to close myself off to what I believed previously. Um, but yeah, ultimately I can't say I know. 
And so it is this weird, like unknowing that at first feels really dangerous and terrifying, but I don't know if I could have it any other way now. I don't know if I want to ever feel as confident as I did before because I was closed off to a lot of things that I now believe are true with an open hand, of course, mostly. I don't always do it well. Yeah, I know. I know. So I'm okay with that. Just like you're okay with not knowing, apparently I'm, I'm okay with being confident and knowing what's going to happen in the not future. Not apparently. It's what I just said. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm just, <laughs> I just doesn't know if he I'm believes just as lax with, I'm just as lax with believe knowing word. as you are with unknowing. Okay. Yeah, man. Like, okay. okay. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with knowing. So Scott knows. Okay Zach with- doesn't know. I don't know. What What about the other? This has been what a about better aggressive Jeff? moment. So yeah, because if you don't know, why you would know? you complain about me knowing? Yes. I guess would be you know. the thing. Okay. Yes. You're on the, I know. Crew. I know. Straw man all around. I know. So, you know, Jeff, Jeff, lesser Jeff knows. And this is from the- a personal experience <laughs> for you? It this is. Is your core? Right. Yes. There's, yeah, so I'm I'm claiming from the that. Bible. I'm I'm claiming from the Bible. Like right. I I don't care what I think. I I'm trying to follow what the Bible says. And what you think the Bible says. Yeah, which I can demonstrate. Yeah. So what you think the Bible says is what the Bible actually means, ironclad, hundred percent. Well, I never said that. I'm getting strong on Zoe. All right. Well, it seems it sounds like you're going down that road. <laughs> no, I'm saying I, I I I'll give the reasons for why I believe what I believe. If they're wrong, show me. Sure. I will on the next episode of <laughs> What about, are you a no or uh, uh, don't know camp? I I am. Or on al- the feds. <laughs> I'm always encouraged by the mysteries, the things that I can't un- unpack. If, if I could, if I could explain the mysteries of God, absolutely. God immediately becomes small and insignificant mm-hmm. because you are who, God. Who, yeah. Cause who am I? Like I'm, I'm just a dumb guy who's trying to make his way through the world. So if I can wrap my head around all those things, then, then that's not, I would be worried to, if that's the true description of God. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying I know all of, I, all of yeah, the details. So, sorry. I didn't mean right? that as a dig right. on you, by the way. Okay. This is all uh, of a sudden he's caveating like I do. Yeah. See, we're, yeah. we're the same, Scott. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I see like five different guys in here who've all read the Bible connected to God over their life in some way Four or of another. us have read the Bible, but keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the one thing that we all have in common wrong? though. I'm refraining is from cussing at you, Zach. Is the love, is the love bit. You know, like no matter which one of these beliefs we have or whatever that, like, if you know, you don't know, you're uncertain this, we have, we, we at least unite on that piece. And I, that's like, that's where we build from. That's like how we can do stuff together. And, and, uh, I don't know that that's my hope at least. Now, what if someone doesn't have that love? I don't, then, then we all get together and we beat them down. Yeah. Yeah, I I know. That's where, that's where the rubber starts. It is the, the agape love road. I hear you. Um, cause it might involve you losing. Okay. Okay. So go, go with that. Okay. So you lose. Okay. And now what, what what is Scott? What is the, what would you say the greatest example of agape love is? Well, Jesus, obviously. Jesus, what? Uh, laying down his life, like, taking on the sins of the world. Is that Greek or biblical? Which one? Yeah. So that was <laughs> that, that. That was my point. That, that was, was the my, original Aramaic. I believe <laughs> that was my point. That was my point earlier. Is that just because someone 
claims to have agape love doesn't mean it's biblical agape love. There's a different. There's a there's a difference. But between, I wonder if there is. Between but my, the two. my point there is, is without, there has to be. You think the Greek form of agape love is would be the same? Because they would say agape love. The Greeks would uh, uh, do pagan worship and offer themselves up as a sexual sacrifice, and that could be a form of agape love for them. So there has to be a difference between secular agape love that, and that's biblical an agape interesting, love. That's an interesting wrinkle. For our purposes, the if the Christian belief that Jesus being somehow equal to God, but lowering himself to human status um, and having the ability to overthrow his and his friends oppressors and who his friends thought that's what he was there to do mm. was to overthrow the empire of their day and giving all that up seems like the ultimate version of like of losing. So for, for our purposes, like it's all fun and, and good for me to say, like, yeah, I got be love. But if there's a situation with my work or with my family or whatever that challenges that, and I, I want to win and overtake, like I'm, that's a version of sin. That's like, I'm, mm. I'm not modeling agape love. And so it, it, yeah. it can be easy. It's easy to say agape love might be the hardest thing to do in the, in the world that we exist in today. But I do like that, that anchor point of like, we're, we're all kind of on that and we have different ways of, of viewing that. Right. None of us are saying sacrifice to say, your point about the way the Greeks would have interpreted that word, it's it's a great point because that is a fascinating exp- going diving into the history of what the Greeks would have viewed agape love would have been different from the way Jesus used it. But self-sacrificial, other-centered love makes the world go around better than it did before. The more that takes hold. Well, I agree with that, but my question is, what if what if someone's not exercising agape love? And their non-agape love butts up against. I don't know. It depends on the situation. Every, everything potentially. Okay, so are you saying that in Jesus order, lost his life? Are you saying that in order to show agape love, you have to lose everything for anyone who demonstrates non-agape love to you? I don't know. Oh, I, you're you're the one making the statement, so I, I'm just trying to get a clarification. It sounds like you're trying to get out of doing agape in this world. No, I no, I'm, I do. You, do you want a do you want an out clause? No, like, no, I'm I'm not. I'm I'm I'm. Cha- I guess I'm. Ch- I'm challenging your definition of agape love. I promise you, I won't do it all the time. Every I, correctly, I, I, no one's asking you to be perfect. I, I'm guessing, um, but if but if there I'll are, do it. I'll do it. Be perfect. <laughs> if there are people, there are people that are. <laughs> we'll edit that. Engaging in non agape love. Is the, is there? It's so. This is a vague hypothetical that you're laying a trap for me. That's fine. Can you be specific? Give okay. Me a specific yeah. So, example. so there are there are a lot of there are a lot of examples that can be given. So and then we have listener feedback. Oh, uh, who cares? Uh, I do. I care about so, listener feedback. I have been hearing about this. Um, I'm excited so, for it. So someone uh, wants to come in and take all your stuff from your house. There's not there, which does happen in the real world every yeah. day. Okay. So thief shows up. He says, "Give me all your stuff. Give me your stuff, fool." What um, is his agape love like? Oh yeah, I take everything. So I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not just saying these things like for no reason. 
I'm, I'm asking you to define agape love and are there limits? If you're saying, because it sounds like you're saying there are no limits because if, if you're willing to give up your life, well, then why not your stuff? Or why not your wife or your kids or whatever else? Maybe I should give up my stuff. I, that's what I'm asking. Maybe I should to get an eternal life. As Jesus said, sell I have all I have and give yeah. to the poor. That's different than someone coming and taking it. Right. So well, that, that's is that I, the way to get eternal life? Sell all you have and give to the poor? Well, the way to get eternal life is not by letting someone come in and take all your stuff. But that's actually biblical. You're giving me a hypothetical. So my my answer to your hypothetical is, yeah, I would try to um, defend my family. Is that the right? Is that right in the big universe of things where, say, I do harm to an individual that comes into my house to defend my family? That, that's what ultimately I'm, yeah. I can't know if it's right. My right. intuition is that, like, my family is more important. I, I would hope that I would yes. I would end the situation in a way that doesn't do bodily harm to anybody. And right. if you guys want three hours of bonus Jeff, coverage, we you were, can pay Patreon. We're just, Jeff, we were just mm-hmm. getting there and you interrupted. No, great, I just got job, there. Jeff. And so maybe that violates agape love. I'm saying it doesn't. But, okay, that's fine. Would you say, is that different than like, I feel like I'm getting pushback from the idea that the more people give themselves up for the other, the better the world exists as a general statement, recognizing there's individual caveats. Is that something that you're okay with? No, I'm, I'm not complaining about compelling people or encouraging people to engage in agape love. I'm asking what happens when they don't, because you're trying to find the out. I'm I'm not trying to find an out. Okay. I gave I gave you the answer. I gave you my answer. I don't know if it's perfect. Like I, I, w- I would not want to harm. I'm sorry, so- sorry. When we try to go in depth into something, let's just move on. We okay? No, yeah. we are in depth, and I did. No, no, did let's I not just answer move on. it, Scott? Let's move on, Scott. What well, I, 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 w- I would like to go a few more questions, but I, I'm okay. I'm okay with Do what those you pro- questions involve. I, I'm okay with what you provide. Actual is- context, or is it I'm additional o- laps around the I'm same okay, question? I'm okay with what you provided so far. I'm not complaining about what you okay. provided so far. I'm complaining about. Just wanted to go for it, but I'm okay. Let's go. I think we're seven minutes into this question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Difficult questions take a long time to no, give me, talk give me about. one more. Is no, it a version God, of the no. same? No, Is no, it no, Why did you say that? I just said, I just said, I'm okay with what you provided so far. I, don't know if I you just, are. I, I, okay. Yeah. That's a provider. Even though I'm saying, I, I, I'm saying I'm okay. But hey, let's let's move on. But he would like to see I, the rest Andy of your can papers from your family. Non-aggression principle, please. Let's bring the government into this. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so that would be. So there, we could talk a while about that. Yeah, but no. whatever. Yeah. Okay, Sounded Scott like and Major Jeff, you both obviously, Jeff, you were not here, um, but we had this um, a question that we that I think Andy, did you pose it or did Zach pose it about the tell? Oh like, yeah, yeah. Does your wife have a tell? Does and your, can you and can you uh, and do you know what it is? <laughs> you, right, right. Um, Major Jeff, does mine have a tell? Yes. The, the, if tell, you, if, wait, the re, tell. Reimpact. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I heard. I heard this because yeah. the furious the chores. Yeah, I remember if, something. If you're, yeah, yeah. If for Jeff's nephew, is there a, for Jeff? Major Jeff. Do nephew, I know when when there's a problem? When when there's a problem and your wife is pissed off. Is there a tell, a nonverbal tell that that she has where you you can walk in immediately and go, uh oh? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's kind of she's usually pretty direct. 
She'll usually say it right to my face or something. And I'm like, okay, I got to get out of here. Uh, and I don't, I'm an idiot. It's what she I tells get baited me. so quick. It's when she tells you, get out of here. Yes. Like, oh, I and then I'm like, I let's should. talk about this. <laughs> I'm out. That doesn't, that doesn't work well. That's the nonverbal thing. I just, that went right over my head. Cause I, I, I think I, I answered something different, but uh, we do have listener feedback regarding that. One of our wives uh, was so kind to uh, call in. So I'm going to push. Yeah, let's play try it. We haven't tested it. Let's okay. try it. Hi, this is Tanya, uh, Jeff's amazing wife. And I am calling in to answer your questions from the previous podcast where you three were talking about us amazing wives and our tells. Um, uh, Martells when we are upset or angry or whatever our tells are. And um, Jeff mentioned my tell is my tone of voice uh, and, and that I have a different tone. And he is uh, spot on with that for sure. I definitely changed my tone. I think I also tend to ignore, not ignore, be quiet, I guess, or maybe not engage in conversations with Jeff if I'm upset at him or angry or hoping he would read my mind <laughs> with what and why I'm mad. Um, I guess he can't read minds and then I get angry that he can't read my mind. Um, oh, Jeff, Jeff's tell. He said his tell is being quiet and short with me. I think that's what he said. And yes, that's his tell. But his other tell is he tends to flee. Messed up that she called you short. He will just leave. Get in his car and drive. Drive away, drive for hours, drive far away, drive nearby, sit in his car, go down to T Street and sit in his car. He just tends to leave the situation because he does not like conflict. And he also mentioned that I like conflict or I thrive in conflict. And I don't think that's true. I just know that there's flight or fight, and I definitely fight. Jeff flights. (laughs) He's He's a fleer. (laughs) <laughs> but um, I just know how to fight, and I I think I fight well, and I don't fight out of yeah. I don't know. How to, I don't know how to. I guess make Voracious that sound better. Tonight. I guess I don't think I'm proud of the fact that I fight all the time, or I can fight. I just know that I do, and I will. Um, I don't mind confrontation, and I don't mind altercations, or if I'm passionate about something, and definitely believe in something I will fight for, especially with my kids or my husband, if it's something we are arguing about between the two of us. Um, of course, I'm always right, so I'll fight for it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Marriage is hard. It's definitely hard, and the whole submitting um, passage in the Bible, obviously there's more to it than just wives submit to your husbands. It goes on and on and on, and there's another paragraph, longer paragraph for the husbands, and I think we always take that out of context. Um, and I think if we both mutually submit to each other and work together in a marriage, things are so much easier. When we make a marriage more selfishness, selfishly about ourselves or our needs or our wants and that why is our spouse not doing that or doing what I'm wanting or asking or why can't they read my mind, then that's why when things usually end up messy and chaotic and not very fun. So just submitting to each other and half the time when Jeff submits to me well however that may look um without me having to ask him to 
it fills my love tank and it fills me unknowingly with wanting to actually submit for him as well. You know, it's just kind of like give and take and we both end up doing for each other when the other one does it and you see it and it just kind of makes you want to do more for your spouse. Um, anyway, yeah. I don't know what other questions you guys were saying. It was a really long podcast and you guys are hilarious. One little tiny. And whoa, 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 She thinks we're hilarious. <laughs> Major takeaway. One little. And, and here comes the hammer. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Drop the hammer of Thor. I Thor think, exists yes. and it's about to happen. Okay. This is First of all, do Aunt, do any of you guys relate to this in your marriage here in the submitting part and the uh, flea and flight? Like who's the flea or who's the, who's the flight person? If there is one, we both, we're both flighters. I'm a fighter. I I, I try to, I I don't want to fight, but I want to resolve it. I want to like, I can't live with the conflict. Okay. So if there's conflict, you're not, I'm not okay. You're not going to go overnight. Going no. to sleep, your six and a half hour beautiful sleep. Now that you have it, you're dry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're not going to do that if if there's. I'm a sleep terribly. Yeah, I'm going to just hate it the whole time. So yeah. I want to like resolve it, and she she can sit on it. Oh, I'm sorry. What? What? Are you, what? Did you? What? What topic are you talking about? Like if if you if you're if you're having a disagreement with your spouse or you're we're having a fight or some some issue. <laughs> <laughs> He's not Zach. talking about She Comes First, the book. <laughs> he laughed. Yeah, he picked up the book. That's funny. You get in your truck and take off. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, there's many times where I leave it because honestly, I don't want to be in an environment where I, I like the person I love. We're not in a good place. I'm like, I, I can't be in. I can't be here. It's It's like it's almost like losing miserably doesn't matter what it is but when it's with my spouse i feel like i'm losing miserably and once you've lost a game like i just need to go out of the into the dugout and to the locker room i'm done if that's how i felt at your house the other week when i lost all the games (laughs) i just wanted to leave (laughs) there's pouting andy same thing andy lost at ping pong to me and that's not a good thing for me or worse for him I'm not good at ping pong. Oh, that makes me feel better when you say it that way. (laughs) It's awesome. Well, just sharpening iron, you know. If I could give my two cents, I have no... Like iron beats down iron. uh, From my personal experience, I have no comment about this at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it is... uh, We're both kind of flighters. Um, We've got... In the past, it would be like a guarantee if there's a big kerfuffle, we're going to deal with it tomorrow at at the best and maybe end of day tomorrow. And I think it's better now, but there's still, we're, we're both, depending on the situation, like we both might sleep really shittily and then we'll deal with it tomorrow and it will get dealt with, but we we're like, yeah, it, it's an interesting interplay because you'd want somebody to be like you need sometimes like somebody needs to be the aggressor let's deal with this but when both people are more conflict adverse you know there can be some uncomfortable silences yeah andy did you answer the question i think we 
I think we did last we week. We kind of did, yeah. I think we kind of talked oh, okay. about last week, yeah. You flee or fly? No. Nah. Okay, oh, that's right. I'll yeah, go, yeah. I'll, oh, yeah. We both go for it, which is, yeah, yeah I'm like... <laughs> Immovable object, unstoppable force. <laughs> okay. We, we, we get those situations. It's great. Passionate makeup sex. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the last part of this, I believe, is Tanya's f- fighter in her. Okay. She's she's coming over the top. I don't actually I don't remember what she said, but it's a little bit of uh, okay. constructive criticism. Thing I have to say, and it's not bad, but you guys always talk over each other. And it's kind of hard to follow sometimes. Uh, is it really? Actually, Scott, there's more. Fantastic, and I love listening to you. The only podcast I listen to, but just just a little little comment so on dumb. how you guys always talk over. <laughs> oh, whatever. Wait, yeah, you are dumb, Scott. Oh, oh sorry. It's hard to. It's follow. hard. <laughs> so, after that long podcast, I'm just commenting on what you guys were hoping we, us wives, would uh, send a message in. So what you just I'm did. blabbing on now, and it probably doesn't make any sense, but can't wait to hear this on the podcast. All righty. Feedback. Uh, thank you, Tanya. That was awesome. A little, wow. judge, little judgmental there, Tanya. Thanks. <laughs> you, you don't have anything to worry about. She's not, not, not married. Not married. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was good. Thank you, Tanya. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. And you're not wrong. I've heard, we've heard that. Uh, friend of the podcast, Art Greco, has given us the same criticism, by the way, boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we wear headphones. I listen to a few podcasts, Some, most of them that are in the comedy realm where you can tell they're not wearing headphones. Everyone is talking constantly over each other. Yeah. And like, if I'm in the mood, it's like, yeah, there'll be some comedic gold in there, but uh, it's not good podcasting. So no. apologies for that. Yeah. Yeah, well, sometimes we just want to be funny. We want to be the funniest person in the room, and yeah. sometimes it works. Yeah, they'll work on it. Don't worry. Well, after my wife listens to this <laughs> podcast, she's going to see, I, I told you so, and her criticism, one of the criticisms was, I can tell you when you've been drinking and when you have, it just, it goes off the rails. And you guys just are jumping all over the place. So Is that the drunk part of the podcast? <laughs> That's when I can tell we've been drinking too. So It's when we're drunk. <laughs> right. Oh, but, that's it? When we're drunk. Yes. But, sorry, thanks for the clarification, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight, I, I, I refrain from drinking too much, and I can feel a difference. So it feels much better and more clear in having the conversation, because I think I do just jump off. There's a wet spot on your pants. <laughs> like, are you sure? Uh, you haven't drunk too much? You Okay. Room. I'm just kidding. Okay. You're fine, Jeff. You're dry. Don't mind <laughs> don't mind Zach. He's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Should we jump into the final segment? Well, can I throw a bone out there that would be a wormhole, but we're all better than this and we're not gonna go down that wormhole. <laughs> it better not be hard. But I do have my 
my young evangelical get everyone saved before the rapture heart is mm. tugging on my current black stone heart. Um, mm. This conversation about like the, most religions like connecting on this idea of love and in their best versions, love, agape love. And it's a beautiful thing in my book, but there is like the reason it matters. And Scott's making the distinction between agape, normal, regular ass agape love, and then a godly agape love or however you were phrasing it. Sure. Um, Godly or biblical is because there's like eternal consequences on the line. Like how you do agape love matters eternally. And I, I confess I, that doesn't, I'm not currently in, in the boat of like worrying about that so much. Um, so I really appreciate uh, greater Jeff, uh, major Jeff's perspective on, on it and identify with it. And I, I'm currently with you on the humanist slash, you know, other side of the coin, like, still a version of Christianity, although I might fail some people's Christian tests and that's fine. But I'm sure there's a lot of people during this conversation that's like, but heaven and hell and everything is on the line if you get this wrong. And it's worth saying because we're still a Christian podcast, I guess. Are Are we? Major Jeff is your neighbor, right? Yeah. So is your whole neighborhood a cult? We're like sitcom neighbors. (laughs) The whole neighborhood just has this, you know, Semi-belief, no foundation, don't really. What? Oh, forget it. We all coexist. Yeah. Pretty well. <laughs> there we go. We got some young kids. Uh, I love that you Driving around these little sport cars on our street, those little crazy things with the radio. I know. <laughs> that kid with the radio <laughs> drives me nuts. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is there is a Volvo with an exhaust system on it, like an old Volvo that has Vo- upgraded okay. There's an old, it's still, I mean, it's still functioning, obviously. (laughs) Before you, before you exhaust system on it, that Volvo. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I just wanted to throw that bone out there because I know, I know there's tons of listeners, past guests included, that were like, but heaven and hell consequences. Well, I, I, I know it's a, it's, it's a, uh, Almost an easy thing to appeal to agape love, but at, at some point you run into, into people or cultures that don't believe it. And then you, there's additional questions that you need to ask yeah. in, okay, well, why do you believe this? And why is it okay for you not to have agape love? And why should I feel that you're wrong for not having agape like love? The early- Maybe it's safe to say that like it's not it, agape love is required, but it's not the only thing that's required. So, right. Correct. I don't know. If yes, it's safe I like to that. Say that. I like that, Andy. I, I don't know if I would I agree that's right. with that, but that's right. I'm going to leave that alone. Andy, like because we're like, going to consume some things. No, no belief in Jesus, but agape love. Yeah, yeah. There, it's we're, there's some nuances there yeah. that I would uh, have fun exploring. Yeah, works workspace salvation. Wait yeah. a minute. I feel like you just pulled the rug out from under us. <laughs> You're like, let's get into this other topic real quick. Just kidding. well, I did say I'm opening a wormhole that we probably shouldn't go down. <laughs> Close that wormhole. Close yeah, it. yeah. If 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 agape love is your kingdom of God, then then it's that's a workspace salvation. It's a workspace kingdom, and that's not what the Bible teaches. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? What does Jesus tell the rich man? Yeah. yeah. Well, he first he first you have to believe, 
But then he asked, you have no, to no, s- that's not what he said. What did Jesus tell the rich he man? Could, well, he or he said he believes. He said he's doing these things for God. No, he said he did the things. He didn't say he believes. Well, he's doing the things because he believes. Like no, no, did, no, you're, you're adding that to the text. No, no, he doesn't believe you're them adding out that of, to the text. He doesn't believe them. Uh, he what does the text say, Scott? No, the he text does, matters. No, he doesn't do them out of thin air. He's doing them because he believes. But then he You're does, adding that to the text. No, no. He said no. he kept the law. He kept all of the commandments. Yeah, the law, and what does Jesus law, tell him to inherit eternal life? The law of who? The law of God. He's, and what does Jesus tell him to I know, inherit I know, eternal but, life? I know, but there, there, the un, there is an assumption there that's reasonable. He's doing them because he believes in God. And and he then he wasn't willing to give up his riches. Faith is faith is part and parcel of what God is calling us to do he in asked, response to his so revelation. So he asked Jesus, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And what does Jesus tell him? He said, what you've been doing is good. Go and sell. No, he didn't say that. What does the text say? We, we can read it, he, but go and sell all your all your stuff. And give to the poor. Yeah. And, and the rich man went away sad because he was unwilling to do it. Yeah. So, you, so you're, are you advocating for a works-based salvation? I'm saying Jesus in that text was... No, he's not. No, he's that, not. You're, doesn't that get interpreted? That that was specific for that man because he knew what was in that that's man's That's how heart. we interpret it. Right. But that's us. We have this, the faith part matters. The works are proof of the faith. And so we read that back into that story. That story doesn't say that though. No, the faith is an underlying assumption. That's he's doing those end, things though. because he believes in God already. Why is he doing? Why is he following the law if he doesn't believe in God? I'm not saying he didn't believe in God, but you're you're putting yeah. you're imparting your Paul works salvation faith. You'll that, know that our faith by works. You're, faith you're, is not. You're a reading work, that right. back into that text, and I'm saying that specific text is saying. I know, but but it's that. clear it's clear that f- that we're not saved by works, and now you're saying that salvation comes by works. The kingdom of God is by works. I. Like, are you sure? Are you sure that you want to say righteousness, that an individual's righteousness comes by their works? That that is what the whole no. the whole Bible is is. I was against. just giving you one example. I know, but that's what you're saying. The whole and Bible it, is not against. Yes, it is. I just gave you an example where it's not against. No, that. no, I, I, I that's a misinterpretation. If you're trying because to say because it doesn't align with your priests. No, beliefs. no. If you're trying to say that humans only attain righteousness by their works. That goes against the gospel of Jesus. Like Jesus. I think there might be something more going on is what I'm saying. than I, just like then, you, you have to be perfect and do the right things and then you're saved or you have to believe in Jesus and then you're saved and you go to heaven forever. I think there might, Jesus might be doing something a little more that involves well, something a little more. And okay, but you're discounting, the, but you're discounting that, the, but you're discounting the faith part like altogether. And then emphasizing the works. No, I'm just saying what the passage says. <laughs> it will be up in you're, to you're the individual in, interpreter. No, no, you're emphasizing the works part of this passage. That though. passage emphasizes works. I, but the, there's there's an under and you read the I, faith back into it. No, no, the faith is the faith is there from the beginning. But but I was I would caution anyone who's who would say that in order to obtain righteousness, Don't follow me. With you'll go all, to hell. With, in order for someone to obtain righteousness with Almighty God is by their works, by their agape love. It's not that. It's it, their right righteousness comes by faith, not anything that we can do. It's the sacrifice that Jesus made, not our own works, not our own righteousness. It's Jesus' righteousness that we inherit when we believe in him. If you try if you try to make it works-based, then 
we, we will never attain to that. And the, the Bible over and over speaks against that. So then just don't, don't read too closely the Old Testament and large swaths of Jesus' teaching because there's a lot of that. And I'm, I, don't, I, don't, I don't have the belief that if the doctrines, if the Bible doesn't all coherently say the same thing, then therefore we have to throw it all out. This is the wormhole I'm trying to avoid. But obviously we're different. And maybe, hey, yeah. Scott, before you leave town or even after you leave town, if you want to zoom in and we plan for a conversation centered around this, I would be happy to I'm do that. Ready all, I'm ready all the time, but you bring this stuff up and then it's I bring like, it up oh, at the and buzzer. then now we got to go. Yeah. Well, yeah. I do think that that passage is, is focused on pointing out that God is asking us to examine the things that we're holding on to tightly and putting above him. Um, and it gives one example there, but then it talks about others too, like leaving your brothers and your mothers and sisters. Yeah. That Jesus and, did not come to bring peace, so, but a sword. He but, came to bring division and there'd be division between mother and daughter and father and son. Like th- there, there are a lot of things that might contradict the, this idea, this definition we put on agape love. I'm just saying that you had mentioned that maybe that, that isn't just specific or that he wasn't just talking to, to him and, I think I think he is. Well, he asked about it, and Jesus says, "Keep the law." And he says, "Yeah, I've done all that." And he says, "Okay, so all you have to give to the poor, right?" And, it was, and then later on, he says, "How hard is it for someone who holds riches so dearly to enter the kingdom of God?" Right? And right. then someone, then Peter's like, "Well, how can any of us do this?" Right? right. And then it, mm-hmm. and he goes on to talk about. It. I, I think the I, the kingdom of God is is heaven, is eternal life. Because then we'd have a fight too. Well, well, no, hold, on, no, hold on, just hold on. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to distract it with a different one. I'm the point, smiling. The point Listener that I'm trying that to say is, <laughs> I'm smiling. The point that I'm trying to make is, he's using this as yet one example because there there are others where Jesus challenges us. What are the things that you are holding more dearly than maybe than me? Well, I definitely agree. There's multiple examples, and what we do as Christians is we have a we have a view of what it means to follow Jesus. And it varies from Christian to Christian. And what we do is we read that back into the text in a way that cohesifies it. Then Peter began to say to him, see, we have all, we have left all behind and followed you. And Jesus says, he basically goes on to describe, yes, this is what I'm asking you to do. Leave behind the thing. So that, that you hold dear, that you are holding higher than me. I need to be able to set those things aside. So, they weren't rich. Does that disqualify them because they weren't able to, to give away riches? No, that's not what I'm saying. I was just taking the plain reading of that text, and you might, in fact, <laughs> but be, you get my you yeah, get my you point hi- right. No, and, You're hyper literalizing you, it. You might, in fact, be correct, but there's that's you're hyper just because just because something is not said explicitly as you want it to say in a passage, doesn't mean it's not there. He's following the law for a reason. The reason is because he believes in God. As a Jew, he believes in the Old Testament. He, he believes in God. And so he's trying to follow the law because he believes in God. I never said he didn't. I know. that That's implicit in the text. It's explicit in the text. No, well, He followed the law. No, the, the belief. And that wasn't enough. Uh, you know the the belief because we're, we're you're saying that the belief is not mentioned there. I'm I feel saying like we're doing laps now. 
We are doing laps. I know, but because you, you, you're not saying what you said before. So, um, no, but, but, he, but going he followed by, the law. He, and he, he believed, he, why did okay. he, why did, why did if he, you want to say he believes in God and therefore he followed the law? Granted, he followed the law. Right. That's, and Jesus, that's the implicit Jesus apparently believed him. It's explicit. Jesus believed him. Okay, you follow the law. Now mm. sell all you have and give to the poor, which was above the law. And like now, so what were Job's, were Job's friends? Uh, th- two of them were wrong and one of them didn't have any criticisms against him. Now, them thinking he must have sinned, where did they yeah, get that? And they Is were there told, anything in the Old Testament that they you were, do bad and so bad things yeah, happen? Yeah, they were, they were told that they can were we wrong. Pa- can we pause real quick? All right, sorry about that. Listener, we had a little bit of a technical glitch. Um, but maybe it was, it might have been the Holy Spirit, which was telling these two guys to shut the hell up. Well, it could have been Satan. Shut up. It could be. And that's what brought hey, Major Scott, Jeff I back to you. Jesus. I want to keep talking about this, but, he saw but they won't let us. The Real devil person. won't. The, de- uh, the <laughs> devil's not going to let you do it. Uh, All right, so oh, what are we doing? Oh, no, oh, are you confusing? Oh, well, it looks oh, like we've had some more to drink. Okay. Hi, Tanya. <laughs> this is where we get to the end of the segment. here. <laughs> and uh, if you've stuck around with us, listener, um, I'm surprised. Yeah. <laughs> but... This is the uh, part of the segment where we talk about the things that we've been checking out this past week. And so I'm going to spin the bottle of guessing right now. This is not, this is oh, not planned. That, oh, it's pointing at you, Andy. faster than I thought it would. That's pretty good. It's it spinning. And it landed on Jeff. All right, Major Jeff. <laughs> Major Jeff, what you got? Uh, I am watching uh, The Bear Season 2. Awesome show. Hmm. And Cocaine uh, Bear season two. <laughs> I haven't seen that. I well, did want to watch that funny enough. What is what is that on streaming on and uh, a Hulu? brief synopsis synopsis? Yeah, so it's on uh Hulu and it's uh kind of like uh uh comedy dramedy drama kind of about a guy whose brothers die dies and he inherits his restaurant kind of thing. Have you has anyone seen it? No, I, I've oh, heard it's good. Yeah, it's I wanted to watch. I've it, heard man. it's awesome. It's really good. It's uh, it's a solid, just a really solid, fun show. Nice. Yeah, and so it's back for season two right now, and it's it's crazier than ever. And I'm like about halfway through, so definitely high recommend on that one. Watch. Sorry, what's it on? Hulu. Okay. Yeah, it's on FX. I think on right. cable or whatever. No one uses cable anymore. I'm also watching a little of the Women's World Cup. Is anyone watching yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, that was pretty good. Oh, uh, yeah. First game. Another one coming up here. And not yeah. a huge FIFA fan, but I uh, want to support. I, I don't know. I, I, World Cup is this exciting. I'm a it's sucker fun. for it. It's I fun to watch. It is so fun. I wake up in the middle of the night or whenever I want to watch, like, live, watch the game. So. Right. It, it's like the stakes are so ramped up like yeah. you, you'll watch teams you would you don't care about right the rest of the three years or until whatever it comes around but yep. yeah oh but this is lithuania versus chile <laughs> dude i will watch that like uh olympic hockey is just unbelievable in the similar vein like i don't follow hockey a ton but if it's playoff it's stuff on the line you could just get wrapped up in the stories a good golf tournament i don't watch golf but I'll watch a good tournament where there's like crazy storylines. Speaking of that, what you got? <laughs> well, hat tip to the Macraws because they re- recently went to a show. Um, and I was talking to Andy, might want to speak about the show in general, but Lindsay was telling me as you guys rolled in, 
the first band was playing their last song, and the first band was called Middle Kids or The Middle Kids, I think. And I, I'm looking for new music. My Spotify playlists are like, okay, I, I get it. The same stuff. I do like these songs, but give me sprinkle in something new. So new music, The Middle Kids are worth your time. Um, it's a uh, just a good vibe. Just kind of like a creative rock a little atmosphere. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it without playing it, but uh, led by a female vocalist. And also the other band that opened for the headliner, I'll let Andy talk about. Uh, But the middle performer was um, Orchestra, Manchester Orchestra. Yeah. And I'd heard of them and I've never listened to them before, but after you guys got back from the show and said how well they did, and Andy's been shooting me songs. I listened to some Manchester Orchestra, and it's, it's another good addition to the queue of music. Nice. Scotty? Um, I binged uh, Justified, the old stuff. Um, you know, these uh, Marshall, U.S. Marshall, and he goes to whatever state I should know. And that came back, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's and then a there's new a new one. Um, I've added to my list, so I'm going to watch that, but... I like that, What's like that cowboy. Name? I don't know. I wonder how they justified um, bringing him back. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, what is? Because he was Hitman. Um, what's what his is name? his name? If only there was a device. I'm not gonna look at it. I don't care enough to Chuck look Norris. up his Jeez name. Face. But justified. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, Texas Ranger. Justified in its day, he's a U.S. Marshal, right? Right. In its day, it was right. a pretty popular show, multiple seasons, and it yeah. went away, and now they're bringing it back. Yep. So, yep. Same gonna, actor too. Yep. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, I've been watching uh, Big Sky. It's uh, based in Helena, Montana. Uh, like private detectives, and they get into all sorts of stuff. Then there's like this tranny character, and then you're like, okay, I know it's supposed to be a tranny, but I can't tell if it's actually a tranny or not. It's weird dynamic. Um, but it's good. It's a good show. Okay. Yeah. Jeff. Jeff well, the Elder. A, a, a couple of a couple of weeks ago, I think Scott, you mentioned you were consuming Jack Reach or not Jack Reacher. Um, oh my gosh. Um, uh, I said the wrong. I well, I did I did rewatch Reacher season one. No no no. Um, but, no, no, um, no no no. Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan. Joe, thank you. Oh Jack Ryan. Yeah yeah. The new Jack, the Jack Ryan. Let's get mixed up. Yeah thank you. Um, um, the last season of Jack Ryan. I'm through like four episodes, and also. This is very odd because I never liked it, but my daughter, one of my daughters, she was listening to Zach Bryan. I guess it's country. And that's all I've been consuming is country Mm. music. I'm like, what is happening here? And uh, I like it. It's uh, it's good. My horizons are... uh, You're becoming more Republican. Horizon. Your horizons horizons are rising, man. Yeah. So I'm now open to uh, maybe... Asking my uh, daughter to go to see a country country music oh, nice. concert. Oh, nice. Nice. We'll see about that. She's in the phase where she's like, I hate you. Hey, can I have $50? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You know what's great about live music is that you don't have to be a fan of the genre unless it's like a... Right, if you yeah. don't like country music or whatever, if you see a good country band live... It just breaks those barriers down. Like you might not listen to it when you go home, but in the moment, live music is just so so amazing. 
Oh, dude, I went to a few weeks ago. Sorry, if, back to me. Uh, a few weeks ago, I went to uh, open mic with a few friends uh, just down at a coffee shop in uh, Foothill Ranch. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, was, it was cool. I walked in. There's a dude playing, and he starts playing uh, uh, Tool, uh, the song Monkeys Killing Monkeys, whatever that song is. Um, he's playing that on the guitar. I'm like, okay, that's I did not expect that song uh, acoustically. Yeah, it was, and it was cool. And then there was a mixture of younger, uh, younger people and some older people playing different things. And you're like, eh, okay, I'm not sure. And then these two, these two younger ladies walk in, and this chick gets up, and just from the first word she's saying, you're like, oh, okay, this is different. They know what they're doing, and it was amazing. And, and so there, and then, and then her friend got up and just amazing. I was like, okay, this is, Dude. it was great. And they're like, they go to Chapman and they're studying music. At, Isn't that incredible? Chapman. Yeah. How really talented musicians, you know, instantly. It's, it was like instant, like right away. You're like, whoop, that's different. Yeah. It, yeah. And they were, even if you incredible. don't know the words to describe why it's yeah, different. Yeah. And they're playing their like, own song and it was just like, okay, yeah, this is good. She's or like, beyond good, yeah. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah, hopefully you guys <laughs> like this song. <laughs> uh, okay, I'll go quickly through this. So yeah, Lindsay and I went to go see Jimmy Eat World down in San Diego at Petco Park, and Manchester Orchestra and the Middle Kids were opening for them. We caught the last song of Middle Kids. They were fun. N- had no familiarity with Manchester Orchestra at all. Somehow they slipped through the cracks for me, and they're playing in the background right now. Um they were great, like awesome, and they're they translate way better live. The stuff that I listened to on the way back, I was like, oh, that's kind of a it's a little bit more mellow, but live they were intense, and the singer sounds fantastic. I, they've been around for twenty years. Um, really? I think so. I wow. think that. Well, hey, between between somewhere between ten and twenty, yeah, somewhere in there. Jimmy World's been around for twenty years. Anyway, Jimmy World gets up and they. I've seen them five times. This was far and above the worst. Like, absolute worst I've ever seen them. Are you saying they've been around long enough to know better? Oh, <laughs> dude. It was so bad. And the whole time, I had Garth Brooks' uh, words ringing in my head when I saw him in 1997 at Key Arena in Seattle. He got up and the very first thing he said was, radios for the new stuff concerts are for the old stuff we're playing 90 percent of the old stuff tonight and everybody goes crazy it was so bad at the jimmy world concert at one point they're like here's another new one and some guy behind me just yells stop it (laughs) 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 just give it up like oh please so anyway yeah that was disappointing um and Ticketmaster sent me uh, an opportunity to review the show and, and I did. will, I yeah. will. And then the other thing is, I've started reading um, on recommendation. She comes first, <laughs> <laughs> I started reading this book, Chasing Francis, on recccommendation from our buddy uh, Art Greco. And is it your book? Yeah, this is mine. But Can I, I bought borrow it, it after you. Yeah, I bought it um, used, and it got marked up a lot. And I felt like that was not in the description of the usedness of it. You never know. Maybe some of the markings will add wisdom. They might. Uh, I'll read it briefly. Pastor Chase uh, Falson has lost his faith in God, the Bible, evangelical Christianity, and his supersized megachurch. When he falls apart, the church elders tell him to go away as far as possible. Join Chase on his life-changing journey to Italy where, with a curious group of Franciscan friars, he struggles to resolve his crisis of faith by retracing the footsteps of Francis of Assisi. 
a saint whose simple way of loving Jesus changed the history of the world. Um, so it's written in the first person. It's his experience. And so far, like I'm partway through chapter one and I like it. I like the way he writes. It's good. And he calls, I'm hoping he's changed the names to protect the innocent because he calls out people in his, in his, uh, at his church. He's like, and then Bob Jenkins came up to me afterwards <laughs> and he was like, boy, that was a weird, uh, kind of weird sermon you gave there. <laughs> he's like using first and last names in it. <laughs> Hopefully they're <laughs> yeah. adjusted. All right. By the way, Bob Jenkins is a jerk. Like nobody wants to hear <laughs> Every from Bob loud Jenkins. mouth Bob nobody. Jenkins. All right, is Jeff, that it? What do we got? Major, Je- oh, go Major ahead. Jeff, thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, thanks no for problem. putting up with Scott and I. Hey, you, I, I, there's something that's just been bothering me a little bit. I mean, when uh, when you said tranny, uh, at, uh, I, that's not really um, mm. like a cool word to say anymore. And so, like, yeah, uh, Acor- according to who? Me. And so I'm just oh, telling you, okay. I, I, I don't think it's cool to say that. And I just, um, I don't know, it's been like kind of sitting on my conscience. So I. As, I, yeah, I've just uh, you, you can have your opinion about it, but yeah, I, I don't want to leave on an awkward note. But uh, I've I just know. I don't feel like uh, you know I know that uh, if anyone that I have watched this um, or listened to this, you know, I'm not going to feel right if I didn't say something. Oh, hey, fair enough. I'll I'll use it. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad hey. you I'm glad you said that. Yeah, yeah, it's the worst thing I could say. It's, okay, that's not you're, what you're, we said, Scott. Yeah. But okay. I, I, Jeff, I appreciate you saying that because yeah. it's worth saying. Well, yeah, so, dude, be dressing up as a chick. Okay. The nomenclature okay. it has changed a little bit from yeah. what is generally. I mean, queer it, used to be bad, and now it's part but of the, that's, the that's name. That's how things yeah. happen. Yeah, and so, yeah. so okay. Yeah. I, somebody's I, actually I've telling you how yeah. they feel. To change over. Yeah, and yeah. that's yeah. fine. And I'll use. Yeah. Okay. I'll use whatever. For Jeff, yeah. Jeff, Scott, Zach, I'm Andy, uh, Bros, Bibles, and Beer podcast. Uh, if you don't do anything else, uh, share this with one other person who you think might like to listen to it. You can catch us on all the socials at Bros, Bibles, Beer. Leave us a voicemail. Anchor.fm slash pod, Or just shoot us an audio file to brosbiblesbeer at gmail.com. As some people struggle with the anchor thing. There you go. That's cool. Grace, peace, cheers. Grace, Thank peace, you. Cheers.